0: Day on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farrakh.
1: Here's Joseph, here's Mary, and it's like God saying, this is my son that is born as the Savior of the world. I'm going to provide every need for Joseph and Mary with Jesus. Let that sink in. For those of us that are in Christ, Do you think for a second that God is not going to provide your every need?
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching a special Christmas message. Have you ever needed anything? We want lots of things. We desire to do or be lots of things. But how often have you been in need and you stayed in that need? Pastor JD reminds us today that God always provides for those who are faithful to him. It may not be how you pictured, but he always takes care of those he loves. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor JD in Matthew chapter 2 with a special Christmas message. Called God Always Provides.
1: I love Christmas. I love Christmas so much. And you know, it's interesting because the world has really waged war against Christmas, right? And it's getting worse, and certainly this year was no exception. I always get a kick out of whenever somebody says, Happy Holidays. Initially, my reaction is, It's Merry Christmas. In Jesus' name, of course, right? Because you want to have the joy, you know, joy to the world. But what they don't realize is that when they say happy holidays, what they're actually saying is happy holy days, because that's what holidays is. (laughs) Nice try. (laughs) Or how about this one? This one, I mean, until... I really understood it. This one just really fried my bacon. And yes, I have bacon and it gets fried. <laughs> when somebody would say, Xmas. Oh. And then I found out this. I don't know if you know this or not. True. X in Greek is Christos. Christ. <laughs> How about that? (laughs) Nice try again. You can't get away from it. All right, I feel a lot better now. And we can get started now. So I chose to title this year's Christmas sermon, God always provides. And this for a number of reasons. I think you would agree that this Christmas, This year finds many people hurting, fearful, discouraged, even hopeless, and for some that hopelessness is giving way to despair. But God, but God provided our greatest need by His greatest deed of sending His only begotten Son. I went back into my archives and found a very interesting quote by a Charles Sell who so aptly said it this way, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a Savior as one said it, his greatest deed was for our greatest need. If I can ask you to join me in Matthew's gospel, the second chapter, I'm going to read verses 1 through 12. You can follow along as I do. I chose this particular account as I think you'll see why here in a moment. We know it well, but I would like for us to take maybe a A different look at this and the meaning in this. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Yeah, right. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood Over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him gold frankincense and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. As I spent time seeking the Lord about what it is that He would have me to talk about, since that it was to be about these gifts, and the why behind the what of these gifts. This is one of those places and one of those times where I think we would do well to ask the why question. The why question being, why do we have this specificity in our Bibles? Because we know that all Scripture is given for a reason. There's a reason why, God deemed it necessary by the Holy Spirit to include this detail in Matthew's account. Why do we need to know about these wise men? And by the way, I don't mean to ruin your nativity scenes. Oh, you already know where I'm going with this. so I might as well just get this over with, okay? So it's very unlikely that these wise men came to where Jesus was when the shepherds were there. This was, we don't know how long after, but it was some time after because we're told that Jesus was a young child, not a newborn infant, and it wasn't in this stable. Uh, He was not in a manger, which, by the way, is a feeding trough for animals. Did you know that? For those of you that have been to Israel with us, we've seen those stone mangers, those feeding troughs. That's where he was when he was born. But Matthew again gives us this detail that when the wise men came, they went into a house. And it wasn't an infant, it was a young child. So, again, I'm so sorry about your nativity scenes, and we have one out front. We'll have to revisit that maybe. And by the way, one more thing, and then we'll move on and we'll just kind of get this out of the way. I don't think there were three wise men. We assume that because there were three gifts. I would suggest that there were more than three. We don't know how many, that's not an important detail. But Apparently what was an important detail was that these wise men brought these three specific gifts, and for a reason. The question that I want to answer is, why these gifts? These gifts speak to God's faithfulness to provide everything that Joseph and Mary would need financially, spiritually, and even physically, and I'll even add medically. This was all that they would need, and it was provided. So, even more importantly, is that these three gifts were not just practical materially but also of profound prophetic significance eternally. If you'll kindly allow me to, I want to draw your attention to the paramount importance of what these gifts symbolized for Jesus then, with the hope that it will be an encouragement for us as believers in Jesus now. I hope that you'll be encouraged by this. Let's start with gold. In the ancient world, gold was very scarce, and it was extremely valuable. And it was also customary to give gold to a king as royalty. This was a custom in that day. In fact, in the Middle East today, you don't go empty-handed. When you're invited and you go to somebody's home, you always come bearing gifts, not just during Christmas. That's the custom to this day in the Middle East. Now, gold speaks of the birth of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and it fulfilled all the prophecies and types in the Old Testament not only did the gift of gold have prophetic significance, it also had practical significance and importance as well. I don't want you to, I don't know how you see these gifts. I know that, you know, tradition has three wise men and they have this, you know, this little bit of gold. It wasn't a little bit of gold. <laughs> I mean, I, I imagined that it was a lot of gold. Very valuable. And I really believe that it was this gold that provided for all of their financial needs, and they would certainly need it financially, because it wouldn't be long after this that they would have to flee to Egypt. A very treacherous journey in that time. Travel was brutal in that day. And it would have certainly been costly as well. And this was to provide for them. I mean, think about it. This is the Savior of the world. Here's Joseph. Here's Mary. And it's like God saying, this is my son that is born as the Savior of the world. I'm going to provide every need for Joseph and Mary with Jesus. Let that sink in. For those of us that are in Christ, do you think for a second that God is not going to provide your every need? Frankincense. Frankincense is a very fragrant resin that comes by cutting the tree and then letting the resin bleed out to dry, and then it could be burned as incense. The gift of frankincense speaks of Jesus being our high priest and fulfills again the Old Testament types and all of the prophecies as it relates to the temple and the worship in the temple. According to Exodus 30, A mix of spices with pure frankincense was the only incense that was permitted at the altar used for worship. Now I need you to think this through with me. Just as the gold provided all of their financial needs, so too did the frankincense provide their spiritual needs as it relates to worship. One of the things that stood out to me was... The detail in Matthew's account where when the wise men saw him, this is a little child, they fell on their face and they worshipped him. I would have loved to have been there to see that. We were told prior to that, that when the star led them to where Jesus was, they were filled not with joy, just joy no, exceedingly great joy. And then when they see Him, they fall on their face before Him, and they worship Him. I would imagine they would sing at the top of their voices in praise and worship. Now why do I emphasize that? Because Joseph and Mary did too. Think about it. Joseph and Mary worshipped Jesus as a little child because they knew who he was. That's chicken skin. Oh, I'm sorry. For those of you on the mainland, I think it's called goosebumps. We call it chicken skin here. (laughs) You ever think of it like that? Let's talk about myrrh. This is interesting. Myrrh, like frankincense, is very fragrant. It's a, it's a spice. Myrrh comes from the sap of a tree, only instead of incense, myrrh was used as oil, anointing oil. And the interesting thing about myrrh is that it's a very bitter herb, And the only way for it to become fragrant is when it's crushed. I think about the church in the book of Revelation, the second church of the seven churches that Jesus has John write a letter to, the church of Smyrna. Smyrna. It's the modern day city now in Turkey known as Ismir, but in that day, it's about 95 AD, when John was banished to the island of Patmos, he received the revelation, and he was told to write that which he had seen, that which is now, and that which is to come after. And that's what the whole book of Revelation is. It's past, present, and future. And so right now, presently, we are in Revelation chapters 2 and 3 where you'll find seven letters to seven actual churches at that time. And not only were these letters to actual churches, but they were prophetic pictures of the church in the last days. Let's talk about this church of Smyrna, one of the only churches other than the church of Philadelphia that there was no rebuke for. All the other churches there was a rebuke. In some cases, it was a very strong rebuke from the Lord. The church of Laodicea, the seventh church, is an example of that. The first church, the church of Ephesus, another example of that. But not this church of Smyrna. What was the church of Smyrna? Oh, it was the persecuted church. There's no rebuke for this church. And the name is the nature Actually, all of the names of all of the churches speaks to the nature of that church. And the church Smyrna was no exception because it's the myrrh that is crushed. And when it's crushed with the bitter persecution, it releases just this beautiful, wonderful fragrance when crushed. And that's what the myrrh speaks to it speaks to the Savior's death, the crucifixion. Myrrh was the key ingredient in a mixture of spices that they would use to prepare someone's body for their burial. And what's interesting about this oil is that it also has medicinal purposes and uses. And it's believed that this is what God provided for Mary after giving birth to the Savior. It was a provision for her physical, even medical needs. It's believed that the frankincense and the myrrh together, both of which were used in temple worship, also comprised an antimicrobial combination. As such, Joseph and Mary would not only have the fragrant aroma, but also the ability to fight off diseases because of those oils God provided. Everything they needed. These gifts were supremely about God providing our needs eternally, but at the same time, also about providing our needs practically in other words if God provided gold pointing to Christ's birth as my king frankincense Christ's life as my priest and myrrh Christ's death as my savior is there anything that he won't provide for me Let me say the same thing in a different way. If God did this, is there anything He wouldn't do? Romans 8.32. This has become actually the whole chapter of Romans 8. I oftentimes recommend and encourage those who maybe in some ways doubt the love that God has for them to spend some time in this particular chapter in God's Word, Romans chapter 8. I mean, before we even get to verse 32, Paul just makes it, and it's, it's so eloquently and profoundly stated that there's nothing that can separate us from the love that God has for us. Neither depth, nor height, nor angel, nor any created thing. No thing, no one can separate us from the love that God has for us.
0: You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. Christmas is one of those seasons that most everyone looks forward to at some level. Maybe you have some time off of work or you'll be gathering together as a family sharing memories and gifts. But the greatest gift that was ever given did not come wrapped in a package with a bowl on top. No, Jesus came as a gift for mankind in a most unexpected and humble way. But like his entry into the world, his gift to you personally comes in an unusual way as well. He wants to give you a life that offers hope in a way that this world just can't compete with. Do you have a hope residing within your heart? If not, we'd like to help you get a better understanding of what this all means. Head over to our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com, and look for the Resources tab. There, you'll find the ABCs of Salvation, which helps explain what Jesus has done for you and why. If you'd like to get in touch with us, go to the Contact link under the About tab. There, you'll notice a variety of ways to contact us. While you're on our website, you can access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. There are many topics covered that might be of interest to you. We're out of time for today, but we're so glad you listened in today and hope you'll come join us again next time. We look forward to this next edition in God's Word, and on behalf of the entire team at In Spirit and Truth, we want to wish you a Merry Christmas
1: me